0: This
1: is
0: an art on the blockchain, exclusive. K. Beta Max.
1: Want the best high Then I deny, highly suggest Flying low
0: enough For you to hide Your IP address We don't mess around With clowns On the corner Throwing out Numbers ever since They don't even know about See I'm a geek To the core So the evidence I present links To a source Of intelligence I made mastery of target and Got gains A lot came out Of slinging art On the blockchain Creative with the crypto Saving it And getting mo Forget the FUD I don't hate it When it gets low About the mud Like a native Of mo. Bitcoin dips Oh, here these chips go My doge coins flip so steadily Net earns await me Means ready ARX per K-Beta Max J Skriller and C2 You're tuned in to the AOTP crew Hold was- it now Alright, that was K-Beta With the Crypto Freestyle Shout out to K-Beta You can follow him at Wibbit Wabbit on Twitter Or Instagram Wibbit Wabbit all one word. Um, Looking at K Beta, he's uh, kind of a legend. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we're back. It's 2018.
1: Yeah. Oh, this shit is vlog, right? Art
0: on the blockchain. Uh, Cynthia Gayton here. Is Go this over a, to my right.
1: Uh, episode nine now?
0: Yep, episode nine. Yep. Um, a lot of interesting things have happened since we last broadcast around Thanksgiving. Uh, Crypto Kitties launched. In a, those crypto pets crypto pets crypto crypto pepes in the world. yeah crypto, crypto
1: there's the guppy something.
0: thing oh that's yeah Theo's got his sea monkeys or something yeah sea but monkeys that's, that's on XCP with <laughs> rare pepes and then uh, <laughs> the, what is it the um the guys are throwing the, that one curio cards are no, seeming curio to cars. relaunch yeah
1: they're they're getting back in the game
0: yeah uh, shoutouts to Travis and then um I don't know there's a bunch of crap going on I mean there's conferences they got the uh, ETH conference thing or the ETH Denver thing that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Decentralized Project yep Decentralized Art Project um there was a huge conference uh, it became way bigger than any of us anticipated in uh, New York uh, what date was that January 13th yeah Saturday January 13th it was downtown New York and uh it was thrown by um, Tommy and Kevin. These guys, uh, rare. Uh, what is it? Rare art. Rare art protocol. I'm not sure yep. the definite name. What is it? Rare it's art it's token.
1: It's R period A period R period E period
0: <laughs> Rare okay. protocol. Yeah, rare protocol. So yeah, they're launching a, a protocol, and uh, I was talking to Kev a little bit about it on Discord the other day. So uh, artists can sign up to the Discord. We'll put a link back down here at the bottom of this podcast, and. Uh, you can join, discuss, and uh, I guess join the protocol and you get some rare tokens or whatever their token's called. Sorry, I'm not up to speed on it. I need to talk to them a little bit more about it. But um, they had a crazy event. Uh, I mean, it was, I think people were expecting, like, when we first heard about it, you know, maybe they were thinking 100. Or something, yeah, they were hopeful. Maybe. Hope yeah, hopeful of hopeful, 100. Hopeful of 100. <laughs> I mean, there might have been about 400 people in and out there that, all day, and it was a standing room only. uh event it was very impactful in the space i think going forward uh every not every but a lot of the major art uh music creators and devs using this uh bitcoin ethereum blockchain revolution
2: were there
0: there. and uh, a lot of interesting articles came out um vice paris review um, New, New York,
1: something. I think New York, the Times, York Times covered yeah, the
0: Times it. Times had some. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the uh, people, uh, Jason Bailey, who we're interviewing today in a little bit, uh, he's wrote a bunch of articles. Right. And
1: uh, under Art Gnome
0: Under Art Gnome yeah. And uh, he kind of came out of that uh, event. It seemed like he's spearheading his uh, thoughts through the medium, medium.com. Or, mm-hmm.
1: It really, it was just like a, a spark, definitely yeah. a spark.
0: It was a spark and it was funny because like uh, all these art gallery people were there. and
1: <laughs> That was unexpected to hear, the Sotheby's was there and I guess Ujo was there and um, so that was very, and the Paris Review, which is, a, I'm a big fan, so to see that they were there and then our own jay Skrilla was interviewed by them that's pretty pretty impressive um, that was interesting yeah it's a but it's it's obviously drawing attention and people are interested and it sparks some imagination so uh, what was the most impressive thing you thought about the festival
0: uh just how the community uh how big it was and how enthusiastic it was i think it was the biggest thing to me um it, you know doing this podcast that we've been doing uh We've seen a li- We've seen like some enthusiasm, but just the way that that all was there, I was like, okay, this is great. So like, this gave me a little bit more confidence going into the year that uh, yeah. this is the right path. That you know, at least for us, like we got a nice little niche that we're exploring here with the art and blockchain music, yeah. tokens, all that stuff. Whatever we're doing, <laughs> and um, you know, who knows? We we don't know. It's a new year. Like, yeah
1: was that that was the other thing It was so nice that we did capture the the uh I guess the zeitgeist in the sense that we had talked to people that were actually on the panels yeah and knew about most of the things that was going that was going right. on so that was that was nice because again you know you don't know what you what what path you're going is this the right path but that was it was really encouraging and it's just boomed ever since I had no you know, I do this news thing. I had no problem finding news. Top
0: five. It could have been a top like thirty yeah. probably this. Yeah. Week, this from I this did. last time we did.
1: You'll see it a little bit different this time. With I posted some some knowledge, some articles. I think you know you should read.
0: Yeah. There's a ton of articles at the bottom of this podcast this time that have come out.
1: And then I put have a little a list of the about hosts posts. Anything about us that was posted any articles i i have links to that too so i'm not going to talk about it but it's just going to be there along with the soundcloud
0: yeah during that conference uh me and cynthia were uh lucky enough to participate as panelists so uh cynthia was on a panel what was your panel called
1: it was art in the wild or blockchain in the wild wild was in it Mm -hmm. wild was in the title it was
0: wild (laughs) yeah so uh that and then i was on uh i don't remember the name of it but artists using blockchain basically and uh if you, you can read the article down there uh my my dj pepe took and we we made it uh we took it next level shout out to uh illy momo and uh hodlin cove uh coinfeld whatever yeah. Joe's name is <laughs> online uh we they had a good idea we were uh sitting at lunch before my my engagement and uh you know, I, I had left uh, DJ Pepe, I had a six-foot meme cut-out for people to take, uh, to take pictures with and uh, just have a representation of the, what I was talking about, you know, a visual representation. And um, So, we, I left him at the coffee shop on the way in New York, at one of the coffee shops. So, uh, Slop the God, my man went and saved him, rescued him from the coffee shop, brought him about 15 minutes before my engagement to speak. And while we're eating, uh, Joe and Illy Mo were like, yo, <clears throat> I don't know how it happened. You know, one of them or both of them were like, uh, you know, you should have the meme on stage and then talk off camera or, you know, off off the screen or whatever behind behind the idea. scenes with the microphone. They had a wireless mic. And so that was a great idea. Wow. So I.
1: That was really very quickly. spur of the moment because it yeah. was just like happening while you were walking into the auditorium. Yeah, they're putting the meme where there's four
0: people sitting down like human beings sitting down talking about you know how this is gonna affect how this is affected their art, and I got to uh, troll in real life. And not, not don't get it twist. it wasn't a troll to make fun of it. It was just a troll of uh, you know just bringing my my character Alter alive. ego. Yeah. To, uh, to, and it was fun, so uh, I had to spur of the moment kind of go ahead, and I guess. Um, the moderator didn't realize that my meme was going to be speaking because he went through all the <laughs> panelists i was like you know they were talking introduce themselves and they were about to get to the second question and i was like ah, i had to interrupt and <laughs> i didn't know what came out i just came out as kind of like a dj Khaled on the black chain and just real uh, alpha and aggressive
1: it was so funny because he's <laughs> looking around like... <laughs> Everybody,
0: everybody's looking around and then they were looking at my meme as i was talking but you can see the video if you look at my twitter uh the dj pepe twitter DJ Pepe underscore, uh, there's videos up there. And there's actually the whole panel's up there, the uh, whole duration of it. So you can see how awkward that was. But it <laughs> turned out it turned out good, I think. Uh, people had fun with it, I had fun with it. Yo, 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 don't forget DJ Pepe is in the house too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. October 13, 2016, I was made. You know what I mean? Shout out to my manager, Jay Squilla. <laughs> I'm on block 434,102 in the Bitcoin blockchain, and I control a playlist that always evolves. Shout out my dog Kanye West, you
1: know what I mean? Nobody knew who
0: to look for. Yeah, <laughs> they just heard a loud, obnoxious dude talking about, about being alpha and on the blockchain. So it's fun, man. Like you know how like when people go in the mic booth. um, they're not necessarily like their characters, like a lot of times. Like even like Jay-Z or something will go in there and just be extra braggadocious. So that's kind of what I was always brought with DJ Pepe on the blockchain. Like on the Twitter feed it's always just like, you know, super alpha, like and I just wanted to bring that in real life too. So it just became a character and it's uh I don't know if I'm gonna keep evolving or not. The the cutout was uh, auctioned off later on on this this Pepe auction that
2: was
0: crazy as well. And uh, <clears throat> Theo Goodman won the uh, won the auction, won the Pepe, won the life-size cutout. And then he had to travel back home to Europe. And he couldn't take it with him. Uh, so he left it with another guy. The Pepe cutout is chilling in the Bronx right now. He's holding the Bronx down. So it's all good.
1: Uh, <laughs> this not right? But it was a, definitely a good uh, event you know standing room like we were talking there were people out in the in the hallways that were waiting to get in there was just this rotation in the the back and the other thing i go to lots of conferences i go to at least six a a year and i've never seen people paying so much attention that was the other thing it wasn't just oh we're here we got to be here because our job's paying for it or whatever um there were it was engaging people were interested and a lot of people kind of complain about, you know, the diversity and the the crypto space. And that was, that was another thing, having, having artists and people in the crypto industry or however you want to call it, being it, being there real, I thought was really helpful because it was to me, one of the first times those groups came together. And then the diversity just happened because it was the nature of the, the event. So it, while, you know, there's always room for improvement. It was a really good sign to me.
0: Yeah, there was all walks of life represented there, for Sure. sure. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll get into some more information on uh, stuff that came out of that here with 50 of Gates' <laughs> top five news.
1: Yep, my top five news. So like I said, I had to cut it down. We have a really great interview uh, later on, so I'll just get to some some of the things I, I had to glean, go through some, a lot of stuff. So I, but I wanted to start it out with just letting people know some of these are coming from these conversations we're having on this um, Art Project Decentralized uh, chat. And uh, So there are a couple of them but I wanted to start out with Art Project Decentralized itself. Uh, that's something that was really exciting. I, I met uh, the artist, Jessica, the night before there was a nice little reception. Uh, with the Dada uh, gallery, people. Yeah, shout out to Dada. Yeah, Good that people. was that was really very very nice to to do. It was something unexpected, and I was I was glad I was able to get up there in time to, to go. So the art project decentralized. It's a blockchain-driven collaborative open-source art project by artist Jessica Angel in collaboration with Truebit. So both we're gonna have we have links to all that so you can. Uh, get an idea of who these who these people are. So according to their Vimeo page description, it's a public structure that will be a starting point for creative interactions and collaborations with innovators from different parts of the world. So that's definitely a key element. They, Looking at the chat, there are people from all over that are participating in this and talking about it, using the blockchain as a creative tool. They're scheduling several maker events and continue to develop ideas. So that's another thing It's really nice to, you know, be in a discussion where the ideas are encouraged not discouraged there's a, a $5,000 bounty for team contributions so per team there's a possibility there's five $5,000 bounties uh, that are out there it's going to be an immersion experience building a bridge from was it dogecoin or dogecoin Motherfucker, say
0: what dogecoin
1: um, to Ethereum so it's called the doge Ethereum bridge yeah so that's the that's the name of the structure. So uh, Jessica actually created the bridge physically, and then it was scanned and rendered into a uh, well into an environment where you could actually manipulate the interior and exterior of the of the bridge. So you could actually start seeing the interaction. So it's really cool. There we have a, a video. So we met quite a few people working on this project. Very inspired, inspirational people. Uh, just the other day, February 3rd, they held a maker thon in uh, San Francisco. So we're just asking you to stay tuned because it, it's changing every day.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jessica's a real talented artist. Um, she makes these giant pieces.
1: Yeah, she's a sculptor. Uh, she's a sculptor. Yeah. So
0: look out for that. It's interesting. And if you want to uh, join the Telegram, if you're an artist, I think uh, it's pretty much open to the public. If not, I'll get uh, ridiculed later. But... Um, it's, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's Art Project Decentralized on Telegram. So there's like 150 members in there.
1: Next thing I want to talk about is your release. Oh. Uh, uh, you can't smoke a Bitcoin. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your inspiration.
0: <laughs> um, that was just a funny thing. Uh, I'm in this Telegram group, and uh, some guys were talking about it, and they're like, They made a joke about making a song out of part of it or something, you know, and uh, so I just made like a quick little clip and I uploaded it and uh, I was like, you know, I'll just make the whole thing. Like I did the Silk Road album kind of the same way, just put like, uh, well, not I, by the way, just me and two other guys, but, um, you know, taking audio clips from Crypto and stuff and put it in over beats. So all that was, it was a Peter Schiff and Chris Rose interview and Peter Schiff is a gold bug and uh, they were debating. Know, the differences and stuff. So, Peter Schiff was talking about how you can't smoke a Bitcoin, and it just was really funny to me. So,
1: because that's always the the analogy. Well, yeah. what's the difference between yeah. is is Bitcoin really digital gold? Well, with, if you have gold, then you can do this and this and this. Right, right. But I like there was a listener comment on the SoundCloud that said, "Sounds like theme music for a Wolf of Wall Street sequel." Yeah. I thought, I said, so that's pretty appropriate.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, we actually, I'm going to get the song mastered. It's kind of just a rough form on the SoundCloud. i got to get it mastered. And I got somebody that shot a video at uh, the, the Miami Bitcoin conference of like behind the scenes stuff. So he's going to edit the joint into uh, a video. So I'll be releasing that video. I'm going to try to figure out a, a funny way to release the video. And I might do more crypto like beat joints. Uh, cause
1: Why not? It's fun. You,
2: you can't smoke can't
1: smoke wait what what
2: what what
1: I smoke it all the time. Third thing I want to talk about, there's a creative tech week. This was talked, is talked about a lot on the telegram chat, but it's also talked about elsewhere. Um, these are, this is uh, going to be, a, uh, it's starting in May. So May 3rd to the 12th of this year. It's a crowdfunded event with installation locations across New York City. According to the website, Creative Tech Week features the best work being done in creative technology today. So artists are given an opportunity to install and promote their work. I think that that's the most interesting thing about it is that if you have an idea, you want to participate, meet the criteria, they actually give you an opportunity to have your own pop-up gallery. They don't. You have to do your own promotion. You're completely responsible for um, the the space and your and the art and how you promote. And I think it's a I think it's a very you know great way for you to. You're the success of what you do is entirely dependent on you right and you know they obviously have they have some uh, yeah. some pull by pulling this together but but it's i think it's a very useful way to learn or a good way to figure out what you need to do to promote your work so i i like this idea and i encourage you to check it out so i have you,
0: a, you know who's going to be performing there
1: um i don't know Inner in loop. Are Interloop. you going to be there? Do
0: yeah you Are you having your own uh, me, Yeah we're doing stall? We're doing the uh, The uh, Silk Road album uh, Live on the MPC's uh, Me, Casito, Del Fresco in Brussels. Oh, wow. So We'll be cool. in there in May, uh,
1: or, May Do you have a particular date?
0: No nah, she's going to give me one
1: so. Okay
0: Cool Yep
1: So there you go See it's already working Yep <laughs>
0: Woohoo <laughs> no, It's going to be tight though it's, it's like a week long isn't it?
1: Yeah the 3rd to the 12th That's, yeah. that's over
0: Nine week. days Nine days
1: um, then number four which is kind of, everybody knows about this but I thought I'd mention it anyway just for his posterity is uh, 50 Cent making millions off Bitcoin and album sales yeah. I saw this and wrap up on uh, January 23rd 2018 now what do you what do you think about this
0: I think it's awesome like 50 Cent can win when he doesn't when he, even when he's losing like that <laughs> album like and you know i didn't i don't remember too much about the album but it wasn't his best-selling <laughs> album but still 2014 was it,
1: here. 2014? Was yeah, it two, yeah
0: yeah uh, i think i had a joint with kendrick lamar on it like um yo but that's just the point like Cent wins like look three years four years later he comes out and he's like ah yeah like, by the way i got you know
1: all this, all this bitcoin
0: seven million dollars off this album despite accepting bitcoin this is part of the thing we've been discussing like you know just you know, accepting different currencies and different things uh, for your for your art, it makes sense right now. Maybe it won't one day, but it well, seems to be paying off for yeah, most people.
1: Because there's a lot of airdrops of a lot of tokens, and so if it's free, and you know, what's there's no downside if it's free, and there's no downside if you just uh, there's just there's no downside if it's free. So take advantage of what. If I mean, the, the downside
0: could be. I can see this is that if you're accepting tokens that aren't worth anything and you're giving up your art for it i mean but if it's just streaming yeah. music then you know i mean whatever it's the risk reward take a chance or not yeah. this is, if you're an artist you're probably a risk taker otherwise you're not a very good artist
1: or you, you won't ever be known <laughs> yeah. you're just a secret artist yeah
0: <laughs> secret squirrel artist but yeah and then 50 cent probably didn't i wonder if you even calculated in the bitcoin cash bitcoin gold yeah all, all of the, the four yeah, airdrops you were saying yeah yeah
1: yeah, so that's that's the other thing. So there was a little bit of discussion about well, is it is it really his money?
0: Yeah, yeah. Whose money is it? Who who controls that address? The label, him? Like, was it independent? I don't even know how he released an album. And that's
1: remember. that's an interesting thing, you know, for for our perspective, Like, I get into discussions about well, how do you how do you set up some smart contracts? How do people get their just dis- royalty distributions and things like that? And I. Posit that the reason why a lot of the uh, major acts are not getting involved with this is that they have to split all of it with management and their label, and they'd have to get permission. So they don't really have, uh, in some respects, permission to do this. Even if they wanted to release on their own, they'd have to deal with their manager and they'd have to deal with their label. Gotta ask daddy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Another secret activity. No, uh, I,
0: I think Fit, he is in a position, a pretty good position. I'd be surprised if,
1: if he has to split it.
0: No, no, just oh. like that. Yeah, he's getting some money out of it.
1: Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he is. Like, the, what is it? 14% is yeah, like but, good. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's got a record label deal. <laughs> so that's and that's another thing um, to to talk about with with the contracting. When you're when you are an a- actor, an artist, and you are working with the gallery or working with the label. Uh, these the deals have to change because yeah. it's not it. We're not dealing with the physical objects in this in the same way, and, and the artists and the it, are having to promote themselves. So the service that the labels are supposedly providing just aren't the same. When, when you have acts that are actually is, doing all is their is that
0: crypto you know, involved in your 360 deal too?
1: Yeah, yeah. you
0: know, like that was pri- you know most a lot of 360 deals got signed before people are accepting cryptocurrency right. projects. So yeah. how does that work? it just
1: say it probably just says money <laughs> just, just, just say- like
0: people back in it signed long deals in the early 2000s when the streaming came out they didn't that wasn't part of their deals when then streaming came out and then there was conflict about whether or not they got received it i think
1: well the the difficulty like when you're dealing with the label sometimes they they will have a clause in there about or any future version or any future, uh, future format is usually in there to cover that stuff, and that came about certainly after MP3s. They started making sure that any future format was was covered. But the the streaming elements of it that's that's still in play because it's uh, trying to figure all of that out. So this, there's still a lot going on um, in the in the traditional music space that hasn't been resolved, but I think can be can be resolved uh, if people are willing to come up with a new structure Mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to do the new structure
0: yeah it's hard to change a whole industry but uh at least niche wise that's the way to start get some somebody with a little cult following a little niche audience yeah you know those are the best artists to go progressive usually
1: yeah and the last of the five is uh codex protocol Uh, It's an anonymous art bidding and registration service that was launched uh, early this this year, 2018. So it's a unique crypto-based decentralized title registry launched in January 2018 from the website. Codex is a blockchain-based decentralized title registry for art and collectibles. So it's intended, the design is to be a tool for the arts and collectibles market where interested people can bid anonymously and register art ownership title using the service. So it is, in essence, a way of uh, keeping track of provenance for uh, art in a, on, on the blockchain. And there are a couple of other um, uh, services like this. I think this it's a little unique because it is including not just fine art or artists, including collectibles, and that I think is, is uh, an added benefit. Um, Yeah, the other thing that's interesting about this is the, well, the anonymity is, the bid anonymity is kind of interesting because that that perhaps puts you in the auction mood, but it was interesting with the the Pepe auction. Were there any anonymous bidders? That was that was an exciting. I don't think so. I think
0: everybody was. I I saw somebody
1: on a phone. I was like, is somebody bidding from their phone? They they said they
0: were gonna have bidding on the phones and stuff too from the telegram chats, but I don't. I don't think they did. They had to rush the auction because of the time constraints too. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it's but so you so the you know so you're doing this in an environment that is that is anonymous and just it's anonymous but it's it's Um. tracked. On blockchain. So uh, we had the pleasure of meeting Jess Holgrave. She's the co-founder of Codex Protocol and COO. In person at the Duty Dollar Festival, she actually shared the stage with yep. DJ RJ Pepe. Pepe. Um, and they had two named investors. And this is something I'm also I, I like. This particular trend is where the investors are willing to s- s- you know be there on the website. So the right. uh, named investors that I saw were Bessemer Venture Partners. And FJ Labs, and so I, I like that this might be a trend that people are maybe stepping away a little bit from the ICOs and just say let's just let's just do this in a way that's a little more transparent. Uh, so I have the website there. Um, the other things I have a, articles like I said earlier, and I just had some uh, articles about about us that'll be up on the SoundCloud. So that's it.
0: Yeah, you can find it in the notes section, and I just wanted to add a, a couple of things uh, about this uh about some news um a a cool thing to check out maybe is uh bitcorns.com um it's like this little uh, xcp counterparty game that just got launched where you maintain a farm it's like farmville kind of like some kind of capitalist idle gaming thing and uh it's kind of cool you can upload your art and do all that stuff um i do own a little bit um but it's a good way to learn bitcoin and even counterparty because instead of logging in you know you giving an email and all that stuff you you use um, you sign messages using your bitcoin address so it's cool like i i like that type of login feature like where you don't have to give up you know your you just give up your bitcoin address and you sign messages and stuff to yeah. validate it and stuff like you know that way you know you're less uh penetrable um, so that's uh, bitcoins bitcoins.com. I don't know. They're they're making something out of it. Uh, the, this guy from Counterparty, Dan Anderson, started. it. So they have a chat group on Telegram and uh, a website and all that. Check out the um, archetype uh, Telegram. These are the guys that did the auction for uh, the rare Pepe's at the New York Art Festival, and
1: they, they did a great
0: job. Yeah, they have an interesting uh, they have an interesting group, and um, they have a, a a burn offering starting in like three weeks that goes for like a month so through april to get tokens it's basically like you're monetizing your your memes and stuff uh, it, it, it's interesting it reminds me of like the rare pepes early so mm-hmm. check it out and i have no vested interest in that <laughs> anyway so uh let's get jason uh jason's standing by and we're gonna talk to him jason bailey the art note Welcome
2: Jason. Thanks guys. Glad to be on the program. Yeah, it's, been,
1: it's been nice reading your your work and learning more about you, so thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just uh, just before this I was telling Skrilla I really appreciate the podcast that you guys do because there's so many people that wanna learn about art and blockchain and there's really not a lot of information out there, so your podcast has been uh, like a primary way for me to catch up on on all of this stuff. That's awesome,
0: that's the type of stuff you like to hear. (laughs) Um, So Jason, tell us a little bit uh, what what your website is and uh, how you got that started.
2: Yeah, yeah, so uh, I'm a major art nerd, but I grew up in a a tech family, so I'm sort of like the black sheep. Uh, And I've worked in tech for like 10, 20 years or so. Um, So I I came up with this idea three years ago that I wanted to build a a giant database of art and artists because it turns out there is no single database that lists all the known work by like the best known artists. So I'm talking like even people like Picasso and Van Gogh and I kind of like thought that was depressing. So I spent all this time and money making this this, uh, database and then I decided I wanted to get it out into the world, so that's how I created art Gnome. It was just a blog where I could share insights from this sort of unique art history database that I created and kind of evolved into a tech and art uh, website, which eventually got me to blockchain.
0: Very interesting.
1: So is is Gnome intentionally spelled N-O-M-E, or did you just drop the G part?
2: Yeah, it's it's a play on like the genome. Okay. So they, yeah, the idea was that like it would be like um, I'm collecting all the DNA on art and artists because ah. what I want to do, like you guys probably, most people have probably heard of like Moneyball, like the the book or the movie where right. they like they use data and analytics to kind of change the way they assess sports. I'm trying to do that for art, not to like replace the way that we traditionally look at art, but just to like answer basic questions like how many paintings did you know Van Gogh make or Rothko like. Google uh, Google like struggles to answer that stuff, right? So there's like this crazy opportunity to help like build a stronger art historical record. Pretty nerdy. That's tight. Thanks, Ben.
1: You no, know, that's uh, we, I was just thinking again cuz in my mind when I was reading I was looking at the name of your website, I was like does he have gnomes here cuz I like gnomes. <laughs> gnomes are pretty and I kept looking. I was looking I was like where are the gnomes? But now that I know it's genome that that makes sense.
2: <laughs> no, I like gnomes too. Actually, the um, the blockchain art market is here article that the one that kind of blew up or whatever. Yeah, um, I have that picture by Moxera, uh from Data NYC. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I talked to him on Twitter, and I'm like, man, I want to call this Artie the Art Gnome because, like, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool with it having gnomes. Maybe we need to introduce more gnomes into Art uh, Gnome. I, I'm thinking. You make
0: a uh, gnome trading group. And, uh, yeah, put gnomes on the blockchain.
2: Yeah, they're mischievous. No. They have a
1: you know a reputation.
0: Very, very <laughs> trollish. Secret trolls.
2: And I got that Massachusetts accent, so we can call it Art gnome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> where where are you are you from uh, Boston or that area?
2: Yeah, just outside of Boston. I grew up um, in a town called Billerica. Billerica represent next to uh, Lowell, which is where like a lot of the textile industry in the U.S. started. About an hour outside of Boston.
0: Sweet. So you are okay. having a uh, tough morning today?
2: No, it actually, well, so you're talking about the the Patriots, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I stayed up and watched, uh, watched the game, but I'm mostly, my, my co-workers and friends are going to kill me for this, but I'm, like, mostly a Celtics fan. I'm not really that big on the Patriots, and they win everything, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's hard to So it's hard to feel bad for the Patriots, and my my boys, the Celtics, took care of business yesterday, uh, so I'm pretty happy about that.
0: Okay, there it is. I'm wearing a Miami Dolphin uh, sock hat now, so, like, the... Patriots are my, my arch nemesis.
2: <laughs> You're happy today then. Yeah, yeah, I
0: became a default Eagles fan yesterday.
2: There you go.
0: But yeah, um so you got you got a lot of uh, medium articles I've noticed come out lately uh where's the inspiration coming from?
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I interviewed, I decided that I only know so much about anything, about this stuff. And like my strategy on Art Gnomes to talk to people that are like a lot smarter than I am. I call it like raising the IQ of the, the site. Yeah. So there's this guy who did a college project where he like predicted auction prices for art using machine learning. And uh, it's like way ahead of its time, so it turns out he lived in Boston, his name's Ahmed Hosni. And I was like, hey man, can you help me figure out what to do with all of this data? And he's just like super bright, really sharp guy. And let me interview him about his project. But after, after that interview, he was like, you know what you need to be looking at? You really need to look at uh, blockchain. He said blockchain is going to change the art world. It's like really, really important. And I respect Ahmed so much that it was like, it was in my head. Then I had Christmas break and I was writing my 2018 art market predictions. And it was like blockchain was just going to be one bullet point and my wife who's also smarter than i am is like you should make that its own post so like i mean it's not like i'm like a, a long time blockchain um guru or something i just did like half a day's research and bought some crypto kitties and it caught my attention because i was like as an artist right i'm an artist first before researcher writer or any of that other stuff right um, i always struggled um with like how do you get paid and how do you know what's a, there's got to be a better way like I want more art in the world and I want a, a quick and easy way to help pay like 10 times a day like you know 50 cents a quarter here like to like give money to people who are making things that I enjoy selfishly right because I want more of that work out in the world so when I saw blockchain it totally it clicked for me that like oh my god this could be the way to like make there for there to be like better art in the world and for me to like quickly reward artists and for like artists to get paid so that they can make more adventurous work and stuff. So uh, once I was in, I was in and I wrote that one article and it like went straight to the top of the Google search results, which was, I think it's just because it's early. So all all these people started asking me questions and I didn't have any answers. So that's when I started trying to find people like you guys to help me, you know, figure out how to answer all the questions.
0: You put out an article uh, yesterday, I believe, called blockchains or blockchain artists wanted. And you kind yeah, of broke yeah. down a few of the different uh, uh, blockchains, I guess, uh, communities that are doing art using this uh, technology. Um, and you kind of went over how you made a uh, GIF and you put it on the Rare Pepe trading, and uh, you know you sold some, you made about 800 bucks at least up to this point on the article. Can you just expand on that a little bit, like how how your process was with that? How do you think?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm sure we'll get into the Rare Digital Art Festival later, but uh, at that festival, I met a lot of the people that are kind of starting these projects um, in person or, you know, at least got to see them speak and uh, it dawned on me after like a few weeks of interviews that it's not just any one of these platforms, right? There's like a movement here where there's an opportunity. Like if I... I wish I was like 20 years old again, right? Because when I was trying to figure out, fresh out of art school, how to like monetize some of my work without having to like compromise, uh, I wish someone wrote an article that listed like 10 places that I could go to to try to explore that stuff. So, you know, I was, it's its weird. The one thing that everybody like Travis from Curio Cards and you know, um, Bea from Data NYC and jason from archetype the one thing that everybody kind of had in common is they're like yeah do you have artists you can like send to us like you know like we actually want more artists and we're not going to take any of the money um from the work that we sell for them and like i I got to a point where i was like used to hearing that and it's almost like it dawned on me like just how special that is right that's very rare and unique so i tried to put together an article to let people know because i do get a lot of artists reaching out saying like. This this weird magical blockchain thing that just like makes turns my art into money. How do I do that, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like I pointed them to this to this article, and it's also out of respect for all the work that these people are doing, right? These platforms they're building.
1: So how can how can that pace be kept kept up? Because, you know, as you know, when people start seeing the money, then stuff starts getting clamped down, (laughs) and less and less goes to the artists. Historically, that's been the case. How can what can start happening now to prevent that future world that we've seen in other environments?
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, I think of course, someone's going to come along a, a big company and try to do, uh, something similar. Um, you know, and you know, like the, uh, it'll be like the, the Walmart or whatever that shuts down the smaller mom and pop type places. But I think art's a little bit different. Um, in that, uh, by, by default, It's sort of a sub artist, art and artists are always sort of subculture oriented. So I'm optimistic that there's long term potential for artists to to keep their own version of this going um, without it going like super mainstream or corporate. Even if that stuff does happen outside of these communities, Mm. I think these communities will continue to go on and they'll be the ones that matter, right? Um, It's it's sort of the nature of art. My fear, uh, Cynthia, going back to like our conversation. Is that uh, the regulation? And this maybe this is a good topic for for us to talk about. I, you know, I'm still sort of an artist, and I'm like I was asking the other day. I'm like, why can't I just make archetype, or sorry, why can't I just make um, like a counterparty coin, uh, XCP, the same way I do for Pepe, and just say that it's for my art and just start selling it, right? And then uh, a couple of people told me like, well, now you're getting into ICO territory, and that's dangerous, and that's regulated. And I was like, well, wait, isn't that the kind of the promise of the blockchain here is that people can just like get their work out there with the coins and stuff. So I'm a little worried about the regulation, maybe shutting shutting that down and making artists less excited. I'm not worried about artists like embracing this and using it long run. I, I think that's going to happen and it'll always be cool uh, as long as it doesn't get overregulated is sort of my take. You're asking
1: wh- whether you could create a coin on Counterparty, and then it's gonna get regulated and people buy it it's gonna be regulated is that what you're saying
2: yeah I guess so like let's say let's say I'm an artist like I'm not that prolific but let's say I have like 50 artworks right now right Mm -hmm. some are digital and some are canvas and I'm like hey I know how to make a coin for like submitting a pepe you know to the scientists why not um, just make 50 coins and tie them to my artworks and have people like buy and sell them and if you start making coins and saying that and buying and selling them and saying they're associated with your own work, are you now when are you starting to venture into the territory of doing like a, a coin offering or something like that? Well, do you have- I
0: don't think you're doing a coin no, offering uh, that at part all. unless you present it like, Hey, I need investors, this is the way like I think that's what they're cracking down on is the ones that are like marketing. It. And it, plus right. most of the, you know you'd have a utility for your token I would think so it already like it, it,
1: you're saying that you're already attaching a, a, an existing artwork to the to the coin so you aren't asking people for investment money and you're not and not giving them something in return yeah,
0: you're just selling them something and you're just of, that's just a sale I, I
1: hope that's the way that it's interpreted that's the way that we it interpret so, it. yeah the way you're talking about it just sounds like a sale
2: this is not
1: investment advice
2: that's great. So that's yeah. That's the question I get. That I, I was answering it that way, saying like, hey, that's the promise of this. Uh, is that makes it so great, right? Is you can now, especially for digital artists, you can tie your work to this provably like destroyable, tradable, buyable, sellable token which means that like uh where in the past you didn't really have a a clear easy way to sell your digital work now you can do it and you don't you know the decentralization part is that you know you can go on the counterparty or you know other sites and create the 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 coin or the token and tie it back to it and then uh, a few other folks kind of and may you know i may have misrepresented what i was trying to do but but a few other folks were like well you got to be careful because like at some point if you start putting out you know using a bunch of tokens and tying them to your work People might start looking at it or whatever. So I'm psyched to hear that that doesn't sound like it's a problem. That yeah,
1: because otherwise there'd be a, a lot of these things would already been been shut down. There'd be another. it be might be a different issue if you were if you took your art and just said. Uh, offered it up there and said I'm looking for the most money I can get for this to raise money for my business To make or to make an art piece or something and you don't follow through and stuff. Right But yeah, I mean at some point Because nobody really cares about your purpose The other thing is, just, you know, you, there's some things you just don't need to say out loud If you if you, if you you go on eBay and you sell your, your, physical tra- your physical baseball card Nobody's asking you, well, what are you going to use the money for, right? You're just selling it Right so if you're, if you, if you put it up on eBay and said, I want to sell this baseball card to raise money for my, um, for my cryptocurrency, that might be a problem, but you don't need to expose why, what you're doing with the money. Once you sell the trading card, see what I'm saying? So that, so in some respects, if you just sell the the thing, it's completely, what about, what about, what
0: about the dev development team and the community advisors and managers that start these. Communities of these of these art on the blockchain or whatever on Bitcoin and Ethereum Do they have to worry do you think about starting something that accesses a portal for artists to do anything like is that? I mean is it if it's centralized maybe if it's decentralized not as much or what
1: if do they have to worry about what other people are doing with their with their platform?
0: Yeah, I mean, is it a different you know, engagement? Like, like what Jason was saying. Like, maybe uh, I I really the people that are launching a service, do they I have really to worry?
1: Well, well, this is something I was talking about. I mean, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but uh, for example, right now with the internet, and uh, there's the the ISPs, ISPs. There's a um, safe harbor. For ISPs not to be sued if people are using the internet for nefarious purposes. Mm-hmm. So if Verizon got sued every time a uh, copyright infringing, infringing work got right. sent over the internet, technically they could be held accountable as a, as a, um, in some respects, an enabler of, of copyright infringement. Um, so it's an indirect infringement, and that the, the idea is that the Internet service provider should know what's going over their, their wires. That right?
0: sounds like the Kim.com thing a little bit, too.
1: Yeah, so they they developed a safe harbor for ISPs so that they wouldn't be responsible for bad things that were going over uh, the, the Internet. So I was talking to somebody and said, could there be something similar? Because, you know, for example, Ethereum what, it considers itself a new Internet in a way, or a new... Uh, and so could could something be designed as a in terms of a regulation that provided a safe harbor for Ethereum and counterparty all these things like we don't want to be we want people to use the technology but we don't want to be responsible for the content unless it's something we're selling right and cuz I, I figure that if they did it for ISPs because it was a it was a new issue this is, might be an opportunity to set aside a safe harbor for uh organizations that it's just it's passing through this infram- this this uh, use is passing through i i still think there might be regulation but it'd be the same regulation like it'd be the same kind of thing for it, it would still be illegal depending on the jurisdiction about certain things being passed through right um and so there'd be some diligence requirement and, and that's where i, th- uh, I definitely think the governance issues have to be beefed up because
0: <laughs> another interesting point about the um ICO thing with these tokens is, and Jason, we've talked about this before. Um, in the Rare Pepe trading I I chat, is that you know the Rare Pepe started as an organic thing, no ICOs. Just you, you got some, you bought some tokens that were cards, and then you got drop airdrop Pepe cash, and then the economy and the network effect just kind of uh, blossomed from there. Just artists wanted to come in and make create their own memes. It was the first uh, type of thing where you artists could actually go in. And monetize their, you know, a specific meme and, you know, shill it basically. The idea was kind of like a parody of how all these, especially after the Dow, um, the big cloud, everybody invested in it, it collapsed. Uh, and it's just kind of like, yo, know, you guys don't need all this money to create an economy and a market and use this technology. That was kind of like the, the, paradigm you know this kind of like going against the grain like this is how it's done and then you know it kind of took off it was all organic you know uh, there was no PR machine just uh, you know articles started coming out like motherboard and all this stuff about the, um, the art and uh, or the pet base on uh, the blockchain on Bitcoin and uh, you know what it became is basically everybody who launches a token on rare pepe is launching you could almost call it like in a laughing way is like an ico because you're saying here's it's not really an ico but jokingly it's like here's uh here's my token and uh this is how much it costs if you want it then you get the card you know what i'm saying it's like it's kind of like a joke like and then people are in the trading channel like shilling it like oh you know pumping it like how you would how you see like a bunch of people in other channels pumping coins but it's kind of like a joking manner like you know it's over the top memeing and i would just feel i would feel a certain way of like if anybody was a go after that when they got uh about, over a thousand other coins that are really jerking people around for 50 million dollars for like an art art coin or something like
1: yeah
0: you know what i mean like it just seems yeah, yeah. It just seems well like
1: it's it's kind of you know it is a cultural it, it is its own culture, and so it might be understood within a, within the environment. But yeah. the thing, the context, and the joke, and the smiley face, and the winking, or whatever, is not necessarily <laughs> caught up in the, in the uh, what people are, are saying and, and talking about. But if you're already in it, you understand. Yeah. And this is the other thing that's been different in the dynamics of the personalities, of of people, um, especially in the uh, project decentralized chat. Is you can if you know the people who are personally know the people. It's, some things are hilarious but when you but if I just read it and I didn't know right. the people I was like are you kidding?
0: Well Jason how did you when you approached the Rare Pepe thing like I mean did, did you understand it or did you have to research it?
2: Yeah, so I, I had done like a, a little bit of all the other stuff, everything from like the, the kitty to the CryptoPunk to data NYC to looking at curio cards and like a bunch of other stuff. And I went to, but I had stayed away from uh, Pepe because, I don't know, I'm old and a little out of touch. So like my only reference point was that like the whole hate symbol thing, which actually gets boring to talk about pretty quickly once you realize that's not what the group is about. But yeah. you have to express it because a lot of people, that's their only reference point, right? Yeah. So, like, when I went to the rare digital art festival in New York City, like, within minutes, like, I just met, like, the most diverse group of, like, welcoming, cool, creative people. And, I, and like, all of them were sort of centered around Pepe. And I was like, all right, there's no way that this is about, like, all that negativity. <laughs> or no. um, so then I became fascinated. I'm like, okay, now I need to understand this because it was clear to me at the festival that all of the, like the creative aspects of the, the blockchain art um, all kind of grew out of rare pepe like at least to me that's the way like the stuff that joe looney's been doing yeah. in terms of his innovation around the wallet and uh the, the the whole subculture in the telegram group like i think that's the blueprint for success for like the other stuff so no maybe not everybody wants to do pepe memes or like there are other themes or ways to go about it, but I think it has to happen organically. I think you're, I'm starting to see like random people that are like putting out white papers and think that if they have investor dollars, they can like create an instant community to like yeah. sell art on the blockchain or whatever. And it's, I'd say it's like 95% community, 5% blockchain technology for like the success model. Like it's so much of it's like the group of people that want to buy, sell and trade creatively. Um, and that's what breathes life into the blockchain tech. Like without that, you know, it's it's not all that sexy. Right. So you can kind Blo- of
0: blockchain tech is not sexy at all. It's all just dressed up and like. It's only to assert There's shit.
1: a there's a handful of people. I was reading some, you know, something on the chat. That I was telling Jeff the other day. I was like, this is a complete nerd conversation that's <laughs> going on about, um, you know, some of the some of the things um, in in the space joe looney and those guys talking about it's just a completely nerdy thing but it was very awesome to me because it was so rare for me to see the you know ideas and developers coming you know talking about things at that level um but it you know it definitely is a time and time and place to really to really enjoy those things and so it can be can be sexy but it's just kind of what 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 are you interested in
2: <laughs> right there you know different aspects of it that you can t- you know you can use it as a tool to talk about a lot of different things right so like for me as a visual artist and a person who likes art history or whatever I actually think that a lot of the memes that people are creating right now um, are gonna be seen if not already very soon as like some of the most important artwork that's being done by this generation right because it reflects it's like a lens on our society It reflects what's going on um, it's, it's open to like uh, anybody you don't have to be like i guess you need you know maybe you need a computer or whatever but most people have like cell phones and now or whatever so it's not a- not if you're at the uh
0: art festival and dj pepe's a six foot cutout you don't need a computer <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right yeah you, you can uh, card for prototype that's right so, so, I almost, so
1: yeah i almost got trampled at the uh they were giving out the the paper wallets 100 paper wallets at the end. I was sitting up, I almost got.
0: Yeah, I heard there was a stampede. <laughs> it
1: one. was crazy. The I was sitting chains. up front, and I was like, oh, it was, it was a. Sorry to frenzy. cut you off, Jeez.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's a good point. DJ Pepe was uh, front and center. So I think that that's part of what I took. I was like, oh man, DJ Pepe, that's what Pepe is what it's all about uh, here. I got to understand this stuff better. But yeah, I think I think the not that it matters even to the meme type folks or whatever. But like, I think uh, memes are important to artwork because like people. The reason I bring it up, like, I've got like some technology type folks read my blogs, and then like some more traditional art world people read my blogs. And I think I built some credibility with like the more traditional art world, and they were like, "Okay, Jason's not crazy. We'll give him a little space <laughs> to try to figure out what he's talking about." And then they were. like oh it's memes and I'm like but you guys don't <laughs> get it I'm like the memes are the art like this is this stuff's important like you're yeah, not it's you're right, gonna be like you're right Jesus was right you know
0: the memes changed the election of the USA in 2016 so they, you're right I mean I mean there's other obvious things that have happened but that's just a huge that's a huge thing right there
1: yeah I, I was always said, as we discussed the other day, it's like it's unfortunate that the word "meme" is the word that's used to describe this because if people didn't think of it as just this diminutive thing that people used to put on Facebook that just had jokes, jokes on it, it, it would have, it would not have been as disparaging to call something a meme. But I had a question uh, but, about. But like a meme, the, but at the end of the day, a
0: meme is just an idea, right? And it's make it's supposed to make you feel a certain way. So yeah. That's all it is, and. Yeah, you know, and it, whether it's visualized or not, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So like that, like Jason's right. I think that the memes and the gifs, especially like that art, is going to be some of the, you know, that's it's a new it's world a, with that. And this is the early stages of that stuff.
1: A, there's going to be some symbolism. Somebody's going to write about what all. It's computer hier- hieroglyphics. Exactly. I think the, the, the okay. it'll be something that people right now are going to who understand it are going to appreciate I think in the future is going to be seen differently because they'll be at a different time yeah, it's
0: not high art you know
1: <laughs> well you
2: never not know yet.
0: not yet exactly but to to the to your traditional base Jason like how you said they kind of like uh, that's what they're looking they're seeing like uh, stupid kids
1: <laughs> so what what would your meme be for Moneyball because I've been hearing Moneyball a lot recently and in and, and this crypto world
2: yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, the, I think of Moneyball more around like the art history sense, like how can I use the data from art history to like better understand, like things like what's the average size of a, a, a Cézanne painting or whatever. Dumb, silly questions that the world can't really answer. Yeah. So that's sort of my, my the way I'm applying Moneyball on art history side. But for, for memes in Moneyball... Oh, I don't know if I would have I'd have to give that some crea- So when I make a meme I spend a lot of time Making it look like I spend very little time
1: That's the art
2: But what I would like to, to actually to spin off of that Sort of as a topic Is like I do think There's uh, the, the money thing Sort of clouds A lot of blockchain art And interest in blockchain art In general Because everybody Like most people Only know blockchain As like being synonymous With just bitcoin Like a person off the street If you're lucky If they know anything Right, they're gonna be like, All right, blockchain, okay, that's Bitcoin. All right, you know, I've got a crazy cousin that talks about that and won't, <laughs> gonna won't shut up. Um, but like, I, I think there's a lot like aesthetically going on with the art that's being created and how people are getting paid. That you know, and again, there's that word paid, but it has less to do with like this gold rush mentality. Like, I'll be the first to admit at the Rare Digital Art Festival, it definitely felt like we were like gold miners in like San Francisco because there's like this you could feel it in the air, people Energy, like, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how can I make money? How can I make money? But like, there's also a lot of us, and I put myself in this camp, hopefully, where it's like, how can I? It's really the first question is how can I give money? How can I give money to artists um, who are making cool stuff so right. they can make more more cool stuff? And when people really don't get blockchain and they ask me about it, they're like, yeah, but you're buying these things. Like, are they gonna be worth more later? And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I- I, I just want a quick, easy way to give some money to some people do, that are doing creative things, so that tomorrow there'll be more of that creative stuff. Right? That's what makes my life good. I like that
0: answer and that thought because that—that's actually um, the rare Pepe stuff started in the fall of 2016, and there was a real lull in the uh, crypto market during that time before it exploded again in 2017. And that would, to me, was my—that um, was my way. Like I was—I was trading a lot throughout that 2016 and then the market crashed and I kind of was like, eh, I didn't want to look at my portfolio. So I started, you know, and I'd, I'd been, that's how I got into the crypto was through music. I made an album in 2014, I wanted to sell it for Bitcoin. So I went down that rabbit hole and I kind of paused that rabbit hole as I got it caught up in, you know, and cryptocurrencies. Well, during that lull, and there was a whole lull for the market, that's when the rare pet based stuff kind of exploded or got, got its uh, foundation, I should say and because there wasn't anything to do people were just looking to use the technology at that point and i think that's maybe hopefully where we're going for a little bit here like when when everybody's not speculating you're you don't have vesters coming in here and you're like oh, you know trying to make a thousand dollars in a day like i heard everybody's making money you know when those people you know either learn that this is actually a technology not just a speculative instrument and start using it and stuff like that it's more fun and like Maybe we'll see a period where there's more innovation in this art space now. With that energy that was created, I think uh, really explosively from that conference, and uh, you know everything that's come out of it. You know,
1: that's interesting because I, uh, I didn't hear myself a lot of discussion about how am I going to how to make money, but I was, I was optimistic that people were saying I can create something and make money from what I create, and that's I think the more important message is kind of telling people create something make money with it and and then that there's nothing nothing wrong with that but if you continue to have the idea that somebody else is going to work for you to make money that's that's already a fail right right
2: yeah i would i would agree with that and i think cynthia and i had a sort of a conversation and i'm sure as a musician you have a little bit of this too squirrela uh there's there's this sense for artists that like if you even talk or think about money that somehow you're like you're you're not dedicated enough like you should be doing it just for the love of the art or this that and the other but i got i have a lot of friends that are you know um art school graduates who didn't um go into the tech world nine to five like i have who still need to sell paintings to pay the rent right yeah Um, and so you know and it's We've been trained not to be able to talk about money, but that, I think that needs to change if we expect, like, more art to be produced, right? And I'm hopeful that this kind of helps helps with that, you know?
0: Yeah, it's... Artists got to make money, otherwise they're going to make crappy art depending on somebody else to pay them. Like, they got their sugar daddies and stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or, or just have, you know, the it's it's been an interesting journey for me to look at how much grant money influences what's done you know there's a lot of grant money in in dc and that grant money doesn't create great art it just makes artists cater to the people who are given the grants right and uh you know so it's i understand and i appreciate that money being available but on the other hand you know if that's your if if that's your goal as an artist to say i want to get grant money does does that really that's just you know, a hustle, exp- yeah.
0: But anyway, let, let's get into uh, the Rare Art Festival too. Um, what, what did you, what was the most important thing you took away from that uh, six-hour fest?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, it's like two two things. Um, so one, uh, when I when I heard Joe Looney's presentation, and he just walked through like innovation after innovation. So like being able to tie a song back to a, a virtual trading card. Being able to tie a video game back to a virtual trading card, and I mean, I call it art. You know, some people call it a virtual trading card, mm-hmm. but to make those VIP experiences for people, yes, where uh, it's tied to a specific person and then showing um, how you could tie it to Open Dime, which is the tamper-proof USB stick. So all the questions in my head and all the questions people have been making fun of me for, or asking me about about like, well, is it physical? Well, he answers that, right? With the Open Dime uh, USB stick. Mm-hmm. Um, or why would you want this instead of like a physical painting or whatever like that you can have? And I'm thinking, well, because it comes, you know, I have the potential to have a song that only I can listen to, or I can, I can sell it without shipping it uh, to someone anywhere around the world without a middleman commission, or like, you know, I can play the the game through it, or there's, you know, the, it's not um, a lesser version of a physical object. It's, it's a, a 10x more interesting, exciting version of a physical object, right? And like, I don't want more physical crap anyway. I'm a little bit weird that way, but I got enough stuff in my house that like, I'm happy to have my uh, my art exist digitally. So Joe's presentation, I think really succinctly and somewhat like uh, quietly and humbly, I don't think people projected necessarily what all the stuff he showed means. And I think a lot of like big companies and people like, like eventually when the blockchain and like the mainstream art world go more main screen like start embracing the blockchain i think we'll see a lot of the stuff that joe was showing in the rare pepe wallet kind of like resurface yeah we we uh we had a, a little chat with
0: joe back in the day um when we were making the dj pepe card which was the the first music accessible card and the uh, whole the whole thing with us was how are we gonna keep the music secret um without an existing you know, server that we don't own a you know a server for streaming music, so we had to find SoundCloud. We we tampered with a bunch of things before we find that the private way to kind of uh, I hate saying this word, obfuscate, obfuscate, whatever you say, obfuscate. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the you confused know the cloud up cloud that where that was coming from, and uh, I I reached out to Bandcamp during that time, and we uh, Cynthia reached out to, to SoundCloud as well. To their engineers, but SoundCloud was going through their hell where they almost uh, fell apart that like that week, and uh, the engineers were losing their jobs. So her t- contacts disappeared, and then the Bandcamp guys. I moved up the ladder a little bit to like one of the stronger engineers, and I started talking to him about this, and he was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about, dude." Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> bye. That, that was the <laughs> discouraging thing as I was finding people who knew that were part of you know some of the groups that I knew. About that we were interested in blockchain, and so the engineers were there, and uh, and they were gone by the time we were able to actually come to them with a proposal. Yo, about ban- what to do.
0: Bandcamp, especially because Bandcamp caters to independent artists. Like if they embrace something like this, where you have access tokens using blockchain and stuff, it wouldn't even be a system. Like I don't see how it'd be a risk to them. Like all they gotta do is create some tools that you can. You know allow access and what API tools or something, and like that. It, the whole thing would be on the maybe they're worried that people are gonna put, uh, you know, decentralized hidden, you know, Nazi songs up there or something. I don't know, but that maybe that would be a thing because they're a company like that. But I just feel like the, you know, the access and the progressiveness, like that would be a great thing for them to
1: now You to wonder because you know, with something like Bandcamp or any of those, the uh. With CD baby and those things you're just wondering okay there's already questionable stuff that you're putting out so what's the what's the threshold and and if if you're afraid that people are going to flout the rules because you can't get into it as a company that is I think I can see a legitimate reason uh, for if it's something that's clouded up and, so, and and the and the owner of the of the database can't see it because right. the You know, so that's there's some element I understand. I understand that, but there are there are contractual ways to get around it um, that could open up some possibilities, or they could they could create a sub, you create create a test space, try it
0: out. Right? Yeah, a little version. I mean, there there there's places like I don't know if you've looked at these, Jason, but there's like Music Coin and a couple other ones that they have. They claim that you know that you can use their their you put their you upload your music to their server and you sell the token and that's the play like you need the music coin to listen the artists earn the music coin etc but where it's at now i'm pretty sure the music coin is just a centralized hub like there's no way to like decentralize that music because it's so much space you know what i mean it's like i don't know if the ipfs or whatever is part of that problem they helping that but do you have any ideas on that have you looked at any of that
2: yeah. So the people that I've talked to, I, I don't know as much about the music side, but I, I've learned that one of the first questions I ask people is like, "All oh, right, is it stored on IPFS?" Like, I think Curio Card stores their art on IPFS. Uh, I don't think Pepe does. You might know. They, they but, use a torrent. Yeah. So um, it's it's actually it's not a big concern to me about whether it's stored there or not. Like I I don't know. I quickly. I mean, I saw all my books turn into digital and all my cassettes and CDs turn into digital and I I didn't freak out about that. So now that my art's turning digital, it doesn't really freak me out. But everybody else asks about it. They're like, how is it tied? Is the art on the blockchain? And like, how is it tied? So like... It's definitely, to be
0: clear, it's definitely not on the blockchain.
2: Right. That that actual file related to your art is not on the blockchain. Right. But IPFS, my understanding is it it offers you... um, Storage that's sort of inextricably tied to the hash on the on the chain, right? Right, right right. It it gives like a a level of security that people that are kind of freaked out about all this still they're like Oh, okay, like I've heard I think Joe and a few other people have said like well The art is what like the token looks like, you know, and like the token itself is the thing that you're buying and selling Um, But I think you know, we'll solve some of the storage issues, but I'm glad that we have it I like I don't know as an artist. I kind of like the restrictions so I like like low polygon or like low pixel artwork where like you have to get really creative so like with Pepe I think it's like 1.5 megabytes or something like that so I'm trying to make like mo- little movies and stuff right yeah. but keep it keep it under that limitation which is that's where creativity comes from right you've yeah. got like a set of limitations you need to rip on
1: I think there's some element that people need to to understand with regard to some of those files is that the thing that's encrypted is not is not necessarily the file. The thing that's encrypted is the the token is encrypted. And it gives you the access, but the file itself is not necessarily encrypted. So there's an even an additional level that people are always concerned about who's who's taking my stuff. Um, but there's also you know you have to be clear that the token itself has the is encrypted. It's not necessarily the file. Right. You know. We're
0: going on. So we're, we've we talked in, we've talked about. Um, art and connecting it to a uh, utility token and access passes and all that stuff. But what about art using the blockchain? Like how Jessica's project with uh, the ETH Doge Bridge and stuff where it's actual the blockchain is the art. Have you explored anything on that?
2: I've talked to Jessica a few times but I need to, she's like on my my short list of future articles because I feel like I haven't done enough on that front. Like I've been breaking it up uh, blockchain art wise into like there are people that do work that never gets sold on the blockchain but it's just like inspired by it right so like a painting of like someone like you know rustling a Bitcoin or whatever I don't know, I'm just making something up mm-hmm. and it may never it may never be bought sold or traded and then there's what I would call crypto art which is like work that was either made on one of these plot platforms or built with the idea that it's gonna be sold on the blockchain and i think that's kind of building its own aesthetic that's sort of meme based but then there's like um uh and this may be where jessica's stuff falls like stuff that's actually built using the blockchain um like maybe blockchain visualizations of information on the blockchain right would be like an area that I would look at. So I haven't I haven't gone there uh, yet, but I'm hoping to soon. You actually, you know, I'd love to hear sort of your take on it, um, so I can understand a little bit better before I reach out to her.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm in your boat, honestly. Like, uh, surprisingly enough, when I was talking, I got interviewed by the rare um, protocol guys of that festival, and when I was explaining to them like chain of custody, provenance, tying the you know artwork to a token, they they uh, Seemed surprised, like that was the first they'd heard of that. Um, they were more interested, or not more interested, but they had been exploring more um, the blockchain as art, I guess. So i, I that was, and that was my f- really first, not first time hearing it, because I've seen like you know over time they've had like uh, websites with Bitcoin transactions, experienced visually, and stuff like that. But I didn't realize how. How many people were interested in blockchain as art? So I need to explore that myself, honestly.
1: Yeah, I think we saw we were looking at something where there was a generator, and uh, and then the art was based on the hash. We saw something mm-hmm. like that. And so there's a lot of really interesting. We, oh, you know
0: what? We have talked about one thing in the past, and I don't know if you looked into this, but it's called what is it? MIDI art, where oh, yeah. MIDI art is just where you design your yeah, there's a couple different versions of it, but there's like there's MIDI art where your keys, you know, when you I don't know if you know, but on a computer when you do MIDI stuff it's different colors, the instruments, and you can just, you know, you can make a picture out of it. It's like giant pixels. And people are making songs out of it you know, based on these pixels. It's really crazy. Like the, Anyway, uh, somebody that was actually a part of the Archetype launch, I don't think he's part of it anymore, but he had piqued my interest a little bit about uh, those hash every time a transaction is made or, or you do, or you mine something then it creates a midi note and then it becomes this instrument you know you create a song off transactions and stuff so yeah I haven't seen anybody go explore that but that was a cool uh, idea to me at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's a good song. No I mean most
0: of the <laughs> crap that you hear is like really unbearable but it's interesting still so, like. <laughs>
1: Well, if you figure out how how it all comes together, then you could write the music for the...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I think you could make it work if you knew how it all works.
1: Yeah. This is Black Midi
0: Emacs,
1: the nuker 2,
0: one of the most
1: popular midi art
0: pieces on YouTube. This is an art... blockchain Blockchain. exclusive exclusive (laughs)
2: same thing but um, like in, in my, my um, graduate program for my thesis a big thing that I focused on was how uh, you know now that things are digital you can actually use different inputs and outputs so like with music right maybe it was like pushing a key or str- strumming a chord or blowing into a trumpet or whatever right and then like the air coming out is what would make the, the sound or the, the resonance of the string would make the sound. But now that that stuff gets digitized and becomes like essentially ones and zeros at, at some level, you can take inputs like pressing a key, stringing a, a, a chord on a guitar or whatever, turn it into ones and zeros and then use those ones and zeros and write a program to make visualizations out of it, right? And then the same, like I did like a project where... I had like uh, like play-doh or like, you know, uh, clay or whatever, and I used um, a camera recognition so that as you smoosh the play-doh into different shapes, I wrote a music program that would play different sounds based on the shapes using the, the visualization software. So the idea like you can like you can make art like you would play an instrument or you can make music the way you would make art because you have this middle ground where everything is digital temporarily right so i don't know it's it's pretty nerdy right but i think that maybe some of what these people are doing with blockchain data yeah yeah sounds like it. right and use it to fuel like something more creative visualize it or um make music out of it
0: well at the end of the day like all code and all art and all music is numbers and math so it's all kind of that's kind of joining of all that
2: yeah. right Exactly, exactly. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, so that's, that's a cool space. Maybe that'll be the next thing that I try to, to write about. And I definitely, Jessica's uh, awesome. She's been really nice on the uh, community, introducing me to people and stuff. So it's a cool community.
0: Yeah, we were telling people earlier in the program when we started, uh, go ahead. If you're an artist, go ahead and join that chat. I hope that, uh, again, I hope that we're allowed to invite people there. I think we are.
1: <laughs> well, so
0: <laughs> there it is. But um.
1: Yeah, there are a couple things I just... I'm looking at uh, the Rare Art Labs. So it's Rare Art Labs. They're creators of the Rare Protocol. So I was trying to, like, what is it? What is the name of it? The... So they're the ones who put together the festival. Rare Art Labs. Shout out to Rare Art Labs. Slow clap for that. <laughs> that was really. Very good, very
0: good. Um, and again, we, we should give a slow clap uh, for Joe Looney, too, because he's be congratulated for his <laughs> advancements in this. Um, but yeah, what do you got? Any other thoughts you want to share that we haven't uh, covered so far, Jason?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I would say you know it's it's like fifty percent. Uh, so actually, I, now I'm I'm changing my percentages. I got to be careful if I want to be smart about this. But like I'd say like there's so the conference. There was like half of what hit me was Joe Looney's like tech tech uh, presentation and the tech side because I think people didn't. The world hasn't fully uh, figured out how that could really change things if we start moving towards digital property. A lot of it will come back to some of those experiments. And then the other side would be uh, like Bea from Dada, right? Who's got a massive, just a genuine, organic, authentic, massive group of really cool artists who are like from all walks of life, um, just like a a creative machine, right? And they're looking at ways to to sell that uh, work using the blockchain to reinvest into the community. And I think that that's just just as important, if not more important, right? Um, So for it to work, for it to like go right, I think um, the, when those two things get married, they'll be like no stopping it, right? So like lots of tech innovation married to a group of like, you know, people that are really authentically like building this for artists first kind of like artist community that's sort of open and accepting. Like that, uh, that's where I think a lot of this stuff's going to move. Um, and that that was what got me excited about the, the rare digital arts festival. You know, I think there are a lot of people doing it. I mean, I'm in, in the tech space and, you know, usually people see each other as competition. What's cool about um, sort of blockchain art world is that it's more like coopetition, right? Like everybody kind of collaborates and gets along at least for now, and I, I think it's <laughs> like, there's no money in it. Well, that's right, like that.
1: but now, what time is it? Quarter to 12. <laughs> up until right yeah, now, yeah. Right. yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, everybody's helping each other out. And like, you know, I ended up going out that night with a bunch of folks from the Rare Pepe type participant folks or whatever, and like just, the the conversations you know are all just really interesting, really creative people, uh, very accepting people. Like it's like uh, you know it's it's easy to really get excited about um, the people working on this stuff and, and its potential. Very interesting. I agree.
1: Yeah, I I was as you were talking, I remember a number of groups that I had participated in. That um, it seems the the larger it gets, it's harder. To in in terms of having these these intimate conversations and but I like the idea with with what we experienced the other day is seeing the people behind the you know the the, the names and the handles things like that that was yeah. that was really nice a lot said, oh, and a lot is. of
0: anim- anonymity came to light yeah. at that conference <laughs> it's
1: like oh this is who you are <laughs> and that was that was very nice i think that's another element that uh people are willing to to appear
0: what um what's next for art gnome what's uh what's the next big move
2: yeah so I, i've been trying to figure out a way to marry um uh, this giant database that i spent three years of my life building <laughs> with my uh my newfound passion for blockchain um and I, I know it's starting to get a little crowded in the in the blockchain art space or our blockchain art world Um, But I'm I'm trying to figure out if maybe there's like art history trading cards or something that's like, you know, not to make a ton of money, but you know, my goal is to build this database for like the world. So we have a better like art historical record. So maybe, you know, if it start out with some free cards or whatever and see if people are into it, but use existing art historical like paintings by people that are already copyright free and, you know, just put some out for free, see if people like to collect them or whatever. And then if, if they get traction, maybe we can you know buy the rights to some of the stuff that's not copyright free, because that's a real problem, right? Any artist who's um, you know who hasn't passed away more than 70 years ago, you need to get permission to even like show their work. So there's all this artwork that at least to me sort of belongs to the art world that's hard to share and show. And maybe there's a model where we can like open that up and uh, open this database up for like people that want to learn more about art history and improve the art historical record. I haven't figured it out yet i'll probably bug both of you guys if i ever uh if i ever get more serious about it but so there's that there's that sounds like that.
0: that sounds like a cool thing too if you wanted to teach like at least kids or something art history in tech you can marry those two things together
2: yeah yeah that's exactly right so yeah i'm always trying to figure out how to make tie, tie it all together but to answer your question like in the short run I just plan on, like, I just meet more and more really smart people. Like, smart people and creative people know other smart people and creative people. Mm -hmm. So I've got, like, a a backlog of, like, stories and interesting stuff at the intersection of art and tech. And uh, I love writing about it. Hopefully people like to read about it. Um, You know, you're all welcome to... I have a Slack community. It hasn't really taken off. Maybe I need to switch it to Telegram. Maybe that'll set fire to it. Yeah, go to
0: Telegram or Discord. I think Slack. Slack seems, like...
2: Something's we, going only, on. we were getting
0: hacked a bunch this summer. Not us, but people were getting hacked in the Slack. People were. Yeah, the
1: very stuff. strange things were happening on the Slack, and Discord seems to be there's a trend toward that. But it's all the you know it's all the same kind of you know environment. Um, there are good and bad points for for each one, but
0: I had to get rid of my Slack when uh, I was in the uh, Stratus Slack, and like I was getting beeped every like five minutes by some scammer i couldn't mute
2: <laughs> yes. yeah it, 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 i kind of forced myself to use it it never felt that natural but i was like oh, this is what people are using and i already like telegram better i had to switch up my phone because my phone wouldn't work on telegram so that forced me to uh to get another phone and then the last thing i'd say is um we're looking at maybe since i have these inter- i record my interviews with people because i'm not good at taking notes and listening at the same time so, I'm looking at maybe launching a, a podcast um, of just the interviews that I do with some of these folks, like Joe Looney and Travis from Curio Cards. And it just seems like there's still not a ton. Like, you guys are doing an awesome job, but there's not a ton of uh, information out there for people that want to learn more. So, Definitely. if the audio is like decent, I'll probably give that a shot. Sweet.
0: We look forward to
1: it. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of possibilities and I was just thinking as you were talking about you know the art history space how much you know what is what are some uh, the international scope because there's a lot of room room for that uh, we're bringing in artists from and I'm not sure what your art history is covering is if it's world or western um, but I, I like th- it sorry
2: oh sorry I was just saying I like it all but
1: oh so but so what you're what you're covering in your. In your project is international
2: so it's largely um european yes yeah, so and, uh, and uh, u.s artists and it's largely male which is a, a problem but that's because the people that have uh, written the books that have all the information that i'm looking for have focused on that so yeah it's a it's sort of a part of my soapbox is that um we need to do a better job of recognizing um, female artists and artists that aren't necessarily from the u.s or europe
1: yeah, because I, I see that as a real, real opportunity of international scope because in bringing in different languages, because people will come if they speak that language, they'll they'll come. They'll be so excited that you know that American has has looked at things from oh this there's the whole world. It's not just it's not just the Western Hemisphere, North you know the northwestern hemisphere.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think the blockchain can help that, right? So even like the Pepe community, it seems like, or the Dada NYC community, it seems like it's uh, a lot more global um, than some of the other communities that I've been in.
1: Yeah.
0: Very interesting. You know, if if enough people get start doing this art stuff and like, you know, talking about it and stuff, we should launch our own collaborative all uh, foundation token where listeners receive it, and then we could create some kind of art thing through it yeah make it make it work
1: do the decentralized make see what happens
0: (laughs) i I love it like easter eggs
1: yeah
0: anyway um so we're pretty much wrapped up um if there's anything else you want to add jason to uh the listeners before we uh get out of here
2: yeah no thank you guys for having me on i think uh the the work you're doing is great and it's definitely helping me learn i appreciate that like some forums everyone kind of talks way over my head and while you guys know your stuff really well i think you present it in a manner that makes it easy for folks to figure it out Mm -hmm. and uh and i'm I'm trying to do the same um i don't claim to be like uh you know a a bitcoin or a blockchain og i'm fairly new to it myself which makes it easier for me to uh help new people into it but i think that that's what's going to make this successful like i could totally see how it'd be tempting Like if you're part of the subculture to want to be like, eh, I don't want new people in because like ick and like it could wreck what I've got or whatever. But I think um, for it to be successful in the long run, like people continuing to help new people and explaining it um, can only help, right? I I think it's to me that'll make that that, that's what'll make this really powerful for artists and um, you know make it grow from where it is now. Yeah, I agree. All All right. Thanks
1: very much. All right, so everybody,
0: uh, we're gonna put the information, uh, Jason's website at the bottom, and uh, pieces, his medium pieces and stuff, so you can check them out. And what's your Twitter handle?
2: Uh, I'm at Art Gnome.
0: All right, that's A R T G N O M. He has no G.
2: That's the thing. Oh
0: no G, my bad. A R T T N. I'm thinking
2: you should get that too. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you start, you get your it, crypt-
1: crypto gnomes. I think you should have some crypto gnomes. <laughs>
2: we're gonna release crypto now that I Hell know yeah. I just... My own with own <laughs>
1: with
0: a g you could put like uh famous bitcoiners and blockchainers uh as the faces of the gnomes oh that and would give be them hilarious. characteristics like
1: yeah
0: uh <laughs> i could think, i could think of a few there i'd have evil characteristics
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. i love it
0: man. all right jason good talking to you man we'll uh we'll chat later and uh oh, adios thanks. thanks
2: thanks for having me on take care all right later
0: all right so uh that was Jason and that was uh, Art Gnome, and uh, that was a good long interview. Hope, yeah, hopefully, good conversation. you all learned some stuff or can go and take some of the information and the web out on your own, down your own rabbit holes. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, we are getting ready to have another meetup locally. Yep. Information coming soon. Um, we are also going to have more podcasts. Expect to hear us at least uh, every few weeks, and uh, we'll be around some more of the uh, conferences. And we are planning on still having our event in the spring. So, if anybody wants to get with us and talk about that, feel free. We we have a Telegram channel, but we I've kind of been putting people more into our other Telegram channel, the um, Assets one, ass 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 assets. Because even though it's it's not it's it's not very lively, but it's a little lively and also if you want you know there's the archetype channel there's the um red pepe channel there's the crypto kitties channel crypto pets channel the freaking what's the one travis's channel curio curio cards so there's a crap load of channels out there so look um you know probably download telegram and uh get in here and
1: and and learn Come
0: learn about this stuff and uh all that and uh Feel free to spread our podcast around and uh, tell everybody you hate it or love it, all right?
1: One way or another, we're, we're good. Signing off. Can take it.
0: <laughs> Peace out. Thanks. Oh, and enjoy this um, You Can't Smoke a Bitcoin song at the
1: end here. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't smoke. You can't smoke. And then, we yeah, and yeah and yeah yeah
0: The
2: market. yeah, exactly. But, but but isn't that where it matters? But look, look at the end of the day, I can make a necklace out of seashells. I can't make a necklace with a bitcoin. I mean, right now, I can sell my bitcoin, but to somebody does This is not what we think it doesn't go looking for necklaces. No one's going around looking for. Well, there, I don't know. There, there are a lot of women that wear
0: that wear jewelry, so you know you know, you know, you know, you know, you
1: know,
2: you know. I'll leave you with this if you find a rock in the beach, what, what would you, would you think, think it was worth? Nothing, unless someone puts a price on it. And then another someone who's stupid enough to pay for it. Other than that, it's
1: just a fucking
2: rock.